Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's BudPod60. 60, who'd have thought... Nice round 60, number. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it used to be retirement age before people got really good at being old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we, we've become too good at being old. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I suppose we have. I guess I guess if you retired at 60, you could... It, it would. It does feel a bit mad to, the th- to think of being retired for 20 years, possibly. Yeah, that's, that's a, another um, adulthood. Essentially, that's another life into adulthood. Yeah, another whole twenty-year gap, and also like, well, I mean, being in in quarantine and in isolation and whatever, like like we all are here in London, is kind of like a taste of being retired, where hmm. you sort of poodle around and try and find hobbies and things to do. Yeah, um, it's and a doing taste this of, doing this for twenty years. Is t- this this current situation is a taste of uh, being retired because? The outside turned into acid. <laughs> Being retired on a space station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my mum and dad uh, don't live in the UK anymore. They retired to uh, space. <laughs> they say it's good for their joints, you know, the weather in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might. It would be. It'd take a lot of weight off, wouldn't it? Take a lot of weight oh, off. Of course, the yeah. yeah. Probably be great. Maybe that would be like the first moon colony would just be arthritic people. <laughs> that would be like the Victorian thing where they would say well, you have to go to the seaside for your health. Like, we're sending you to space for your health. To take in the air. <laughs> or to, take in the, the, to, to really take in the vacuums. <laughs> the theory is that they vacuum all the diseases out of you. <laughs> and everything else. Uh, I had a horrible dream last night. This is boring. Oh, did you? I was going to talk about my dream as well. Oh, Dreaming really? boys. Dream boys. My dreams have been fucking apeshit since uh, lockdown. I mean, my brain has nothing else to do. Well, exactly. And, and this is what podcasts uh, have descended to now. In lieu of anything <laughs> real to do, we just have to yeah. recount the made-up fables that we embarked on in the night. Um, <laughs> brain poos to each other. <laughs> my, my horrible dream was about a snake called the Venom Snake. And (laughs) it apparently had... I like the branding. It apparently had... I want to look it up now, see if there's such a thing as a Venom Snake. I'm going to bet you a lot of money there isn't. But, I mean, I'm just going to get the result for snake, aren't I? Venom Snake. I think so. It's Uh, a bit like uh, Googling, uh, Googling Leg Spider. Well, it turns out Venom Snake is a character in Metal Gear Solid, which makes sense. Right, that's where that's from. Hideo Kojima is uh, trolling me in my sleep. Um, (laughs) Venom, the Venom Snake is a horrible black snake that wriggles really fast and has the highest Venom count of any animal in the animal kingdom. It's pitch black. It's so black you can't make up the scale, so it looks like just a long... Like like Vanta black. Yes, like that science black. And its face... The front part of its, the top half of its face, like the, it's like got a cleft palate, so each fang is on a separate sort of cantilever of mouth, if you if you will. Um, oh right! Oh wow! And it's, so it's got like two top lips. Almost. Yeah, exactly. And each one has a big fang under it, and it hisses oh, really horribly, and it's got these big dilated pupils, like it's on ecstasy. And it it wriggles really harshly, and all it, all it wants to do is bite people. That's all it wants to do is inject people with venom, and and oh, it was terrifying. And the whole I can't remember where I was. I was in like a barn or something with some people I know. And we we're all so it's just almost, like, be careful of the it's venom. It's almost like it's so it's almost like it's rabid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like rabid and just frothing and mad, and it's just wriggling about, and you don't know where it is. Oh, it was horrible. It's really horrible. And it was it was one of those nightmares that 
you have... I don't know if it's the truth that all dreams happen at the end of your sleep. Because you always feel like you're waking up but just as the dream finishes. But this is one of those horrible nightmares that would wake me up in the morning. Yeah. Woke me up. But I was still so sleepy that I would go, then go back to sleep and just and continue the nightmare. <laughs> the least fair waking up ever. It was horrible. So I, I woke up. I had yeah, I woke up really badly this morning, and I don't know what that's, that's gonna do to the rest of the day. But the fucking venom snake, man. And I, I was so convinced that it was a real snake that I kept waking up, going, "I've got to search. I've got to Google the venom snake." And then I go back to sleep. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> So you were like waking up in that way where you go like, uh, well, I mean, obviously that was a dream, but I should still keep an eye out for this guy. For this venom snake, yeah. I, I, I to, almost like thinking, how foolish of me to have forgotten about the venom snake. Thank you, dream, for reminding me to keep my eye out for this, for this horrible killer. Like, like you'd had a dream about um, missing a, a credit card repayment or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so in the dream, you're in a bar, and it was like... Oh, sorry, it was a barn. Oh, it could just be... Barn. Oh, barn, yeah. sorry. So it was just like, oh, it could be wriggling in the corners. It could exactly. be anywhere, this yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's horrible. But then everyone was trying to continue their life as normal. Maybe okay. maybe it was uh, an analogy for the coronavirus. Everyone was trying to live their life as normal, just keeping an eye on where this venom snake might be. Because it could be anywhere. Yes, this wriggly monster... Ah, I've just, like a, I've just jo- um, Joseph in the Technicolor dream coated my own dream. <laughs> or you're just having a dream about what it's like to be Australian. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I uh, I didn't have a, a, a nightmare, but I have dreams that are sort of confusing enough that I have the same morning confusion without necessarily the fear. So, like, waking up and going, oh, I was supposed to write that song in French or something, just like... <laughs> things to do or like weird yeah. tasks i um I, although yeah so i often have dreams about where i have done something hor- horrible in the past and i just have to live with it like i've killed someone oh, God. like i i just have dreams where i like remember you killed your cousin and it's like oh my god i killed my cousin and then like and then i'll wake up going oh, another day in this in the life of a killer and then <laughs> And then it takes me genuinely like a minute for my brain to rev up to living speed. And I go, wait, no, I didn't. I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> I love that uh, you have the, yeah, the dreams of like a sort of a very uh, um, almost anti-hero, but not quite film noir detective. Yeah, a, a real tortured soul. It's And it's a also past. a very funny... Yeah, and it's a very funny transformation to wake up as Sam Spade um, <laughs> for like a minute, for like a minute, and then to just become no, I'm just a you know, I'm a guy. Which one, Sam Spade? Sam Spade is the f- uh, famous film noir guy, right? From the is he Maltese Falcon, Sam Spade? Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's very funny. I I I had a joke in my dream last night. Wow, that's pretty good. Did it make sense in the yeah. living world? Because often they make no sense at all. Um, well, let's. I, I wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, try on it that out because it's so it's so close to making sense. I think, but amusingly, in the dream, someone else in the dream said it, so I don't feel like I said it, even though they were in my brain. Right. So you feel like you feel a bit like you're stealing the joke. Yeah, because a, a person in the dream who doesn't exist said it, even though it's my dream. So I didn't say it in the dream. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking Dream Guy's joke, his great stuff, you know. You're a dream plagiarist. Um, I'm a dream plagiarist. Um, who's your dream plagiarist? You're, you're like you're uh, like a, a, an Inception plagiarist. You're basically yeah, you're Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio-ing yourself, jumping into your own dream to I, steal the jokes of others. Going through all the effort of Inception, not to make money, but just to steal bad one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if only there was an easier way. In in, in like a fort in this in this on a snow mountain. There's a joke in here. <laughs> Tell me the joke. No. Um, yes. So basically, in the dream, the dream was set. I think this is another like you can see the influence of the of the current situation in this dream. It was just like. Uh, Every everyone, it was like a big party at like a kind of quite a hipster warehouse venue thing. Okay, like it had. It, it, it was dream. one of those build. It, 
it was one of those buildings that definitely used to be like a school or a or a factory or whatever, and then they'd been turned into some kind of venue, and it's all covered with like, you know, you know, you, there's that special kind of high quality graffiti where you're like, you're paid to have this graffiti. Oh yeah, like it's a a, a beautiful portrait of a Native American woman or something. Yeah, or like the letters and the names are all too shiny and juicy. Okay, letter. <laughs> juicy, yeah. They, they they look too shiny and juicy, and you go, nah, no one's scribbled a big cock over this. This isn't real. Um, so it's all a bit like that, and a bit sort of edgy in the way that is not edgy at all. And um, it was some sort of big party, and like various comedy people were there. We were all kind of there, our social group. And um, I was standing outside this venue chatting to someone, and then someone else walked past on their way somewhere else and looked at this venue and said disparagingly to their friend, um, it looked uh, uh, like uh, uh, what kind of place it looked like. It said uh, the kind of place that sells pints of t-shirts, <laughs> and okay. that's so close to being like quite a good burn. Well, what does this place sell? Pints of t-shirts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And in the dream, I thought, oh, he's really got us there. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's. It's almost. It, yeah, you're right. It really almost works as a joke. Like if you said it quickly enough, then in a conversation it would work. If you go like, "What is? He, what are they selling there? Pints of t-shirts? Hey, do you want a cigarette?" Like if you did that. Yeah. Sure. 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 If you if you covered how how if you quickly covered the fact that it's like only eighty five percent makes sense. It, it yeah. would have to be. I think 85 is actually a bit generous. I think it's <laughs> I just it's I, I, around I, the 60 mark for me. I, I think the 15% it's missing is the most crucial <laughs> 15%. <laughs> it feels like something you could say about a really indie music venue. They sell pints of t-shirts. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 definitely. It sounds like an indie rock band's yeah. uh, uh, tour merch table. Yeah, oh, oh, I'd like a pint of t-shirts, please. Um, <laughs> have, you, um, have you ever thought of a joke in a dream yeah definitely i've come with some um seemingly at the time incredible ideas and i wake up and i go oh i have to write that down but every time i have written it down and checked on it in the morning it was like yeah similar like um don't let purple hit you on the way out and what <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> i remember um oh this is wow this dates this this memory uh peacock and gamble yeah gosh peacock and gamble in one of their shows an old, this must uh, be for anyone who was uh born um after uh, 1985 peacock and gamble um was uh, ed gamble's <laughs> first uh podcast with the uh, comedian yeah. ray peacock um back when ed was and big, then they did big like boy big ed Big, big, yeah, big head, and then and they did those Edinburgh shows as well, the live ones. Yeah, um, and it was in one of the Edinburgh shows where they had a they had a joke about that this kind of stuff. Where I think it was, I think it was Ray said to Ed like, "Oh, you thought of that joke in your dream, didn't you? You should try it out now, see if it works. Maybe it'll work in real life." And Ed was, "Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting." And and it was just like him sh screaming, "Shut up, you big green fox." <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that is <laughs> that is the kind of thing. Do you remember any of them? No, no. You know, you don't you don't you don't remember those details. They just they just don't hang in your mind really. I remember the one about me having killed my cousin, but I don't remember any jokes. <laughs> you only remember grief and terror from your yeah, night. Yeah, pretty much. Same as my living waking life. <laughs> Do you think you're one of those people where it's just like the negative memories are by far the ones that, that stick oh, with Oh, definitely. You? I, I remember every humiliation and failure with crystal clarity. But <laughs> my happy moments of my life, I have to be reminded of. And and I don't like taking photos either. So I don't even have those to remind me. So I, I just don't remember any, any of the good things that, that happened to me, any of the fun times. Um, that was the one I reminded you of the, the other day when we were in... Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, visiting uh, the Harvard Lampoon, and we were reading their funny magazine. That's right. Oh, yes. In the before yes. time. Before, before time. This is, fuck, the, eight years ago now. Very before time. 
Eight? Yeah, fucking hell. Um, and uh, they had a bit that you were particularly uh, fond of. Oh, yeah, it's a description was, um, of a really cheap, horrible theme park. Yeah, like non-name brand theme parks. Or more specifically, it's it's always very funny when it's like a theme park where the mascots are cartoons with no other form of existence than in the theme park. <laughs> yeah, they were born there and they'll die there. They're like David Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like David Pumpkins, where there'd be a theme park where it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is like Willy Warthog, and you, it's like the theme park is is behaving so confidently that you should know who Willy yeah, Warthog is. You're like, should I recognize as a, this as a kid? <laughs> yeah, like a con artist as a kid, you're like, well, I mean, he must have a TV show. <laughs> He's got a theme park, Willy Warthog. I'm, I, it's my fault. I've missed out on him. Yeah. So th- this was like, yeah, a, a, a joke advert for a, a horrible terrible theme park and yeah i just remember laughing at it well i i, I didn't remember you had to remind me but i i spent like a day just laughing at it and crying laughing and i think that's the last <laughs> time i was happy yeah i think so that's why i brought it up um <laughs> just to make just to really underline <laughs> hello no one is available to take your call please leave a message after the tone Oh, um, hello. I'm just calling because, um, um, I, 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 I'm in lockdown. I'm in quarantine. Um, and I, I don't, I can't leave the house. It wouldn't be responsible of me to leave. Um, but the trouble is that I'm not in my own house. I was on a guided tour of Buckingham Palace. And then the news said that you shouldn't leave um, your house. And my house is not anywhere near Buckingham Palace. So I just, I stayed very still near some of the paintings. And, um, and no one noticed because I look, I look a lot like Charles II. I look almost exactly like Charles II, crossed with um, Queen Anne, um, with a little bit of George VI. And so no one noticed that I am here. And now I live, well, I sleep. I, I got a big grandfather clock and I laid it on the floor. And now I sleep in that like a vampire who can tell the time. And then I get out and I eat um, things that have been left on display because it turns out that even when the queen isn't here, they put out a lot of fruit in bowls and things. And so I've been eating that. And um, a lot of the squirrels are made of leather. And if you boil that, then it is a sort of like a beef jerky. Anyway, um, I'm just calling to say um, I accidentally ordered my Ocado delivery of uh, uh, 20 kilograms of rice uh, pre-cooked and um, uh, uh, two eggs to my normal home, uh, which, of course, is um, yeah, very far away. I could, if you could reroute it to Buckingham Palace and if you could leave it by the gates... Um, if the guards ask you anything, just say it's for the ghost. I think they think I'm a ghost because I I, I, I do I rattle around. I have a big necklace that sounds like a chain. They're very I, can, I I think they're scared. They don't move or talk, but I've seen their eyes dart around when I'm clanking and picking up the fruit. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. I always uh, I always did enjoy as a kid where you see like uh, that that weird feeling you get in your brain as a kid where you're looking at like um, and a lot of uh, like three I think three comedians we know have jokes about this, but like the art on an ice cream truck or on the wall of a nursery yeah. where it's like it's it's goofy but it's the they've used the wrong colors for his clothes kind of thing yeah and you stare you stare at it as a kid and you go that's goofy and they always but there's something wrong there's something wrong there's about something him wrong. he's got too many fingers or like the colors of his skin's just a bit off <laughs> and they they always his look like yellow they always look like they're painted by people who didn't want to paint them, but for some reason had to paint them. <laughs> yeah, there's a real stench of the, obligation around the wall, real, the mural of Goofy. There's a real sense of prison art class about <laughs> ice cream van decorations, don't you think? It, it looks like something that was there's, done yeah, just yeah. to keep them from killing each other for a few minutes. <laughs> or it's like uh, something that was done as a formality to receive some sort of qualification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like community service. Your, yeah, or like technically, uh, due to a very old-fashioned law, you actually can't get your van driver's license until you paint a van. 
So you're just going to have to... Yeah, it doesn't have know. to be good. You hey, just have hey, to do it. It's like Duke of Edinburgh bronze. <laughs> you just just do it. Just get it ticked off. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, it's it's. I remember as a kid, the feeling it would give me is is one... It, it's, it's uncanny. It's literally uncanny in the sense of like deep familiarity with obviously Goofy and his face, but a deep unease about not being able to quite tell why this was a stranger to me. Yeah, it's the uncanny valley, isn't it? It's like looking at a deep fake yeah. of Joe Biden. And you go, hmm, this is <laughs> uneasy for a reason I can't quite put my finger on. <laughs> um, Phil, have you been injecting yourself with bleach like the president has told us to? Well, the the, the bleach thing has become a bit of a Mandela effect because he never actually said bleach, to be fair to the man. He said disinfectant. Yes, he said he said... If there's a way that we could get disinfectant into the lungs or something. Into the body. Very rambling. Into the lungs, into the body, because it, it, it kills the germs in a minute. So maybe we can look into maybe we can look into that. Maybe we can look into putting it in the body and maybe through injection. It was quite a thing. <laughs> it was quite a thing to, to watch the most powerful man on earth and one of the most powerful men in history uh, <laughs> display... Uh, a, a knowledge of, of, of what it means to be ill of, I would say, a four-year-old. Yes, yes. I mean, you grow out of that kind of... Because there, there are two incredible assumptions he's made there. One, that he has... He has solved the coronavirus problem almost accidentally. And two... Yeah, by, riff, by riffing. <laughs> right. And two, that the most obvious first root guess at what might work hasn't already been considered. Like, it wasn't considered <laughs> when disinfectant was invented. Yes. Yes, that's a good point. Like, we could have been scrubbing our lungs for years. We just not. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it wouldn't just have cured coronavirus, but every single infectious disease we know of. Yeah, it's like the only reason we haven't done that with blood diseases is that no one has the right kind of pipe cleaners. It it, it also smacks of someone who's obviously never cleaned anything in their life. Yeah, and what I found weird was that has also never like or been ill. <laughs> like when you're a kid, maybe he's never been ill. Yeah, maybe he's never been ill. He doesn't. He drink. doesn't drink, which really helps. So and um, yeah, I mean. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually has a, a pretty good immune system. Because when you're a kid, that's the kind of thing you'd clear up with you, talking to your mum or dad, being like, oh, I'm sick because of germs, but why can't we just clean them away? And your parents would be like, well, you, that would kill you. It's bad. That's not how that works. Yeah. Like, that's that's that should have come up. And it's weird to me that that never came up for him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. His family was just too busy discussing gold. <laughs> I think his father was just too busy... Um, ignoring him and slowly turning him into a monster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's a it, tragic it would be quite thing. a thing to. I think I think you've you've nailed the problem. You, uh, as you've said, this is something you learn in childhood, and he never had one. Yeah, it, it like it was his childhood just like the only way he could get attention from his dad was by by behaving like a cruel businessman. <laughs> Like, like his dad would only play, you know, with his, toys with him if he was like evicting Barbie from her house and stuff. Yeah, you, you have to fire the the bottom ten percent of your toys each year. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest performing toys have to be fired. That's how you keep. That's how you keep the playroom working at uh, top effect effectiveness. Yeah, yeah, and and his dad was like, uh, "Look, I, I'm I'm technically I'm only your dad through a kind of branding uh, lease." Yeah, it's like um, a merger. Your actual dad is owned by a conglomerate of Chinese and and Russian banks. It's very hard to actually track who your dad is, <laughs> and that's the point. There are several shell dads. Shell, yeah, yeah. You've got a, a dad. It in all a, seems to in Panama. <laughs> um, on paper, your dad lives in Panama, but r where he really lives, I mean, God knows. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, but yeah, that's what came across to me in the press conference is that it was like it wasn't. It was. It was. It was in the same sort of area, less extreme than this, obviously, but in the same sort of area of just suddenly discovering that the president can't read. 
Well, we, we, we've kind of suspected that from the beginning, right? And this is just further it's proof. Just, but it's such a... There's, there's a video circulating of, of George W. Bush talking about a flu pandemic. Have you seen this? No. So it's when it's when W. Bush was president and he's doing a big speech about like why he's funding or, or I think he's even setting up like a flu pandemic preparedness like organization, like government body. Yeah. And in the speech, he's like, well, you know, there is a flu pandemic coming. Um, it could be next year, it could be in five, ten years or, you know, the experts, you know, they, they, they say we got to be prepared. And it's like the most <laughs> it's the most heartbreakingly competent thing I've seen in such a long time. <laughs> And I was just like, God, we thought you were a, a chimp. We thought you were a fucking chimp. <laughs> it's extraordinary. It really puts so much in perspective. I don't know if you've seen George W. Bush on on a, a talk show within the last couple of years since Trump came to power, but it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize the, that America was led into the Iraq War by a Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever you see George W. Bush now, it's like he's got a big, like, glowing, bulging, veiny forehead, like a giant brain, like an alien. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> glowing, uh, uh, humming. When, when did, when was President President Brainiac in power? I don't remember this. <laughs> like he just looks like Doctor Manhattan, just all blue with white <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's and yeah, it's um, amazing. I don't know if you've read um, that um, explosive Sunday Times. Uh, expose about the British government's um, sort of um, ineffectiveness in the preparations for the pandemic and oh, skipping all the cobras, skipping all the cobras like Indiana Jones, and <laughs> and that um, basically the a national a pandemic preparation training has been uh, postponed the last two years because guess what? Everyone had to get ready for a no-deal Brexit. Oh, great. So instead of getting ready for an involuntary pandemic of disease, we were getting ready for voluntarily not having any fresh vegetables in <laughs> lorries. Yeah, sorry I didn't prepare for that hurricane coming down the road, but I had to load my shotgun to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> it's taking up a lot of time actually a lot of red tape turns out a lot of people don't want me to shoot myself in the face <laughs> yeah. I emptied the sand from all the sandbags to use it to build a racist uh, sandcastle <laughs> and then I'll burn down my house and I'll live in the sandcastle because uh, it'll be better don't ask me why it'll be better it'll be better it's a castle wouldn't you want to live in a castle it'll be, it'll be better because we built it <laughs> with our land um God, yeah. I mean, looking back, just just the idea of, of of even living in a world where it was like the worst thing the American president could do is just say a spoonerism by accident once in an otherwise completely competent speech. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Oh my God, what he spoiled, said nuclear. Spoiled children. We he were. says nuclear. <laughs> oh my God, we're all gonna die. This guy says nuclear. Yeah, nuclear, nuclear weapons. Um, and and even like as much as he was a, a pasty-faced imbecile, just someone like David Cameron, mm. at the very least, just sort of being like the kind of slightly absent dad figure for the nation that he was. Yeah. And now we've just got these weird clown tyrants. <sighs> but I mean, it's very sci-fi. We but Boris has now gone full Pagliacci, hasn't he? He's he's getting sick. He's looking sad. He's settling down. <laughs> but doctor, I am Bojo. <laughs> uh, don't worry, the prime minister will fix it. But doctor, I am the prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I just I I love the idea as well that loads of people in number ten just had to be like uh, don't worry he's uh, cracking jokes in Latin and he's uh, <laughs> he's 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 on oxygen he's on oxygen uh, just suddenly going from nothing 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 oh everyone shit their pants oh my god this like it does feel like we're living in a kind of satirical graphic novel I think it, it's getting quite V for Vendetta definitely yes yes. The police going around going, no picnicking! Yeah. And like people are going, oh, 
is uh, you know we don't know if Kim Jong Un's dead because of this secretive North Korean state. In a couple of days, then, well, we we didn't know if Boris Johnson was dead, and no one was telling us, isn't it? <laughs> It's like, North Korea suddenly not, doesn't feel quite so uh, foreign anymore. At least at least we also, I mean, we know more about how many kids Kim Jong-un has than Boris. It's true. It's true. Uh, That's weird. That's a weird thought. What, what has happened? Is Kim Jong-un dead? Now they're saying he probably isn't. Um, I I don't know. I just I really enjoyed the the rumor in the Japanese media that the reason he so so the rumor is that he's in a vegetative state. That's the big rumor. Yeah, he's probably fine. South Korea's intelligence says he's fine, so they probably should fucking know. You'd hope anyway. But um, the rumor that the Japanese press were reporting on in sections were like, oh, he's in a vegetative state because he had to have a, a heart uh, operation, open heart surgery, but the doctor had never operated on anyone obese before <laughs> which is he's the so only fat man in the country like, well that's it so the doctor would be like is this enough anesthetic and blood i don't know i have no experience of this um and that's so ironic that it's like if that was in a play you'd be like all right grow up you know yeah, it's been on the nose it's like oh the king choked to death on truffles and gold <laughs> <laughs> yeah in so, the end, it yeah, was it, extra it, bowls of rice that killed the beast. <laughs> I would love to... Um, someday, I hope we find out, like, what what does someone like Kim Jong-un eat in a day and, like, do with his day? I reckon it's proper late-stage Elvis stuff. Yeah. Kim Jong-un's yeah, gonna yeah. die Lobsters. on the toilet. He, he just has the vibe of someone who's gonna die on the toilet. Yeah. He's, he's gonna die from, as it were, a failed launch. i i yeah i i remember reading that like because you know they um um all three generations of that family uh only travel by train they don't fly are they afraid of flying yeah apparently so or probably they're more just like well i just don't want to get taken out in the air by a secret missile so it's probably a bit more practical than that, I would assume. But well, especially Kim yeah, Jong Un. Um, I mean, he's seen what damage an, an anti-aircraft gun can do when he blew his <laughs> uncle up with it, or whatever. Yeah, he's like, "Whoa, I'm not yeah, flying after like, this." Oh. <laughs> well, no, not now that we've tested it. <laughs> but yeah, so he travels over by train. I remember reading that Kim Jong Il, his dad, would get like, like helicopters would fly stuff to the train while it was moving and things, wow. you know, like deliveries. And like luxury dining cars and things just like but yeah i think you're right late stage elvis that he has the look of a man who's like why not put peanut butter on a lobster that kind of thing yeah exactly exactly i mean as as yeah, evil as it is combos. it must be fucking sick to be kim jong-un it must be great <laughs> i mean for a lot of it must be absolutely brilliant do you know we don't know his age it's like he's reportedly 36 oh really yeah, um, <laughs> like he's a southern belle. Oh, uh, a dictator <laughs> never, never reveals his age. <laughs> we start referring to Kim Jong Un as a spinster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I read that he like he went to school in Switzerland, mm, mm, mm. and that's where he got into basketball and stuff. And you just think, hang on. Are you telling me that he has classmates out there? That's it, isn't it? There's um, there's a graduation well, well, photo somewhere. Why haven't we somewhere? heard from them? Yeah, I want to talk to like his head of house, some crazy Swiss diplomat. His head of <laughs> what kind of wet did he leave in the shower? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, imagine if your job as like a student prefect or whatever was to be like, wake up, Jong Un, you fucking lazy shit. <laughs> Where's your homework? Just, just, just bellowing instructions at one of the most terrifying little little kids in the world. I mean, private schools, European private schools, have a proud history of educating the world's psychopaths. I mean, did, did, <laughs> yes. did Bin Laden go to a quite a nice school? Bin Laden briefly went to school with Dom Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that insane? And the jury's still out as to who's had the more damaging impact on society. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it was a, a very awkward uh, alumni magazine update. 
What school was that, do you know? In England? Oh, it was one of the London ones. Yeah, a fancy London one, I think. Or maybe it was one of the ones in the Middle East. Maybe Dom Jolly's a bit fancier than that. Well, let me just look it up right the hell now, because that is one of my favorite facts, and I should really remember it. Um, I do like the idea that, yeah, they'd be like, well, some old, some old boys from the school go on to uh, be very successful in um, international affairs. <laughs> oh, it was in Lebanon. He was born, Dom Jolly was born in interesting, Lebanon. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Bram, Bramana High School. Is it a nice school? Uh, let's find out. Let's see what Ofsted has to say. <laughs> um, it is. I guess. I guess that's a more exotic version of all the the people who went to schools in London that are just full of ISIS kids. Yes, of course. Oh wow! Bramana High School is a Quaker co-educational day and boarding school. Quaker. Quaker. Wow. Osama, Osama bin Laden might be the worst Quaker in history. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the no drinking thing, he absolutely nailed that. Gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> it's established by a Swiss missionary. Good lord. Um, do you think uh, they in in one of the future prospectuses they ever went? Um, uh, one of our alumni actually has um, been making uh, big waves in the New York financial district. <laughs> oh god he's really changed things there he's a home video artist <laughs> oh man he's a, he's a home video artist and he's very influential in a, 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 a global developing world redevelopment schemes yeah he's creating jobs My word. he's um, in recruitment <laughs> He's behind an enormous resurgence of of, of uh, 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 jobs and growth in the uh, indus- military industrial complex. <laughs> a real headhunter. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Look, the main thing is whether you agree or not. The school will fill your kids with ambition. <laughs> god, did you go to school with anyone who's turned out evil? Well, you and I went to university briefly with Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh my God! You're right. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. He he gave me he reviewed. He, I think he reviewed my first ever show or performance at uni. As in, he was he reviewed the first show I did that was reviewed or something like this. Yeah, um, he I, uh, I I met him once briefly at the end of a a, a big sort of end of year ball thing, and he 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 just brought he just brought a bottle of wine over to one of the people I was talking to and they had a kind of weird little chat and then he wandered away. Um, But as a student journalist, he was, yeah, he was quite, he was like a shock jock. He was, but in, in, in sort of in person, you could tell he didn't actually have the, the self-esteem to back it up. Really. He, you could tell that he was sort of kidding himself and trying to kid the world. And it worked, I guess, at the highest echelons for a, a period, but now he's for a period. Now he's gone. I don't know. I'm not going to put his name in the description of this because we don't need that coming up in Google. That kind of that kind of interaction. No, no, absolutely not. Um, but that was that was a surreal moment when a, a guy I remember as just being quite odd at uni was suddenly briefing the pre- president Donald Trump. It was man, life gets weird. Yeah, well, I mean, he was—he uh, dropped out as well because he was a mature student. He dropped out of a bunch of other unis before he came to ours, I think. Mm. Um, so it was just it was, like everything about it was a bit odd, and then he just disappeared or whatever. And yeah, it—I guess that's—is that the most evil person we, or like the most like uh, maybe he's the most influential person? It's like that crazy thing. Like Nigel Farage is the most influential British politician of the last few years and he never got elected as an mp mm, yeah yeah yeah. um I, I i don't know if he's the most inf- well i mean it's it, the jury's out as to how influential he really was yeah that's um, true it's more like just uh all flash and no all, all, a, all gunpowder and no bullets like a lightning rod or whatever right he was sort of a, a figure people congregated around but i don't think he ever really sort of dictated anything important you know that was also sort of bannon and stuff um, and mostly he seemed to be about dyeing his hair and saying weird stuff about pedophiles. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And who and who among us has not <laughs> done both of those things 
in our careers as uh, alt-right media influencers. It's the podcast trap, man. People is people are not aware, and they certainly weren't back then, just how many people listen to podcasts. And because podcasts feel intimate, it feels like you can be intimate, but you can't. That took me a couple of years. Yes, to, it's to, that took me a couple of years to learn, and fortunately, not with as dramatic a lesson as Milo's. <laughs> you didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. It would be very funny if this podcast turned from being kind of uh, intermittently intellectual and, and intermittently poopy to just uh, fringe politics, just really fringe, weird politics. I mean, if you think about the number um, of people who's who've lost their jobs because of something they said on a podcast it's specifically podcast it's things they don't say on tv on radio they better behave but on podcasts they, they they're tricked in this false sense of security i mean that um the guy who lost his job on snl like the day after his first show you know yeah. that's because he's doing a racist impression of chinese people on a podcast and people just feel oh it's a podcast people aren't gonna listen to this like five people will hear this yeah but it's public this is this is it's public domain well, that's it, and like I think it's because podcasts are, it's it's generally like some weird guy with like a home mic setup, like like we are, and you sort of go, well, this isn't, you know, this is fine. Whereas if you went to like a TV studio and people were rushing around with clipboards, you think, oh, I better watch the what the fuck I exactly. say. Exactly. I wonder, I w- yeah, I wonder if um, our podcast will ever get anyone fired. I don't think so. No, we'd edit it out. I mean, some of the things Glenn said last week that we had to edit out. I mean. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he owes us his professional life right now, and he knows it. Yeah, he. I mean, we we had to cut... Um, we could have had a whole second episode just of uh, uh, unacceptable opinions and epithets. Yeah, terrible. Oh, enough to make your toes curl, listener. Oh, I mean, uh, just editing it. I've got grey hair now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shall we do some correspondence? Yes, correspondence. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ring letters, letters, emails, emails phone calls, talking, 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 uh, thank you for a lovely poopy podcast. My sister B introduced me to it. B A. I don't imagine you're uh, B E E. B. Okay. Just when I Your thought I had this world sussed out, someone <laughs> throws me a B. Okay. Um, I don't re- imagine you remember every single piece of correspondence you received, but you read out an email of hers as part of the Fringe Correspondence Dinner last week. In fact, I started listening after she got me to come with her to the Tartan Ribbon gig, which Pierre did a set at. At which Pierre did a set? In question mark. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was uh, very good, and although I'm not a founding father, I'm proud to be a tardy tutor. La, nice, um, I like tardy tutor. Nice, tardy tutor. good. We don't have to use That's that. good. Um, anyway, B reminded me of a fun poo story that I like to tell periodically. Ah, sit around the fire and listen, children. Um, and rightly pointed out, I should send it to you. Uh, Back when I was in my first year of uni, there was a story that got passed around the halls of a poo in an oven. Oh! <gasps> Wow. Yes. We had a poo in the staircase really... at college. Yeah, that a poo in the staircase. Did you? 
Yeah, it had a lot of corn in it. That's what I remember. It was um, it was Ooh. a talk of the college for a couple of days. It's a corny, corny poo in one of the staircases. <laughs> um, of a poo in an oven. I didn't really know the details at the time, and I assumed it was a myth, uh, hyping up how grotty certain accommodation was. <laughs> until in my third year, until my third year, I met someone who had first-hand experience of the poo in question. Oh. Uh, I will try and set the scene. My pal Ryan wanted some toast in the morning. Mm. In these particular student halls, there were no toasters. Oh, no. Um, that's such a student hall thing where they go, oh, you've all got um, uh, access to very niche books, but not fucking toasters. It's so silly. Um, yeah, so uh, in, in these particular student halls, there were no toasters. Rather, you had to use the grill if you wanted a toasty treat. Mm. You can probably predict where this is going. Ryan yeah. went through to the kitchen, turned the grill on to heat it up, and briefly went back to his room. Upon his return to the kitchen, he was greeted by an unholy stench. Oh my Bemused God. and afraid, he inspected the grill pan, and to his horror, there was a full-on human plop oh in my there. days. That he had inadvertently started cooking for breakfast. Oh my God. <laughs> a grilled poo. I don't think this is it's our first that cooked way. poo. Of of all the poo stories, none of them have been cooked. <laughs> oh it's healthier gosh. to grill a poo than to fry it. Oh, this is like some human centipede shit. Like you're treating poo as food and like st- starting yeah. the process again. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I hate it. Uh, keep going. Look, if you want to lose weight, you got to grill your poos. That's mm, one of the things they teach Yeah, Gwyneth, you. Gwyneth Paltrow is really, really into it. She's a poo griller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Uh, the kitchen was closed for a while after that, and I believe they had to replace the cooker entirely because, as the old adage goes, you shouldn't eat poo for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's a cliche, was... <laughs> but um, for a reason. Uh, I will. I was never particularly good pals with Ryan, and to be honest, I think I only remember him because he was the guy who grilled a poo. <laughs> hey, we all get I'm pretty sure he qualified. Uni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he qualified as a doctor, though, and then left Scotland, perhaps to cook jobbies in foreign climes. Hmm. Keep on jacking it, you lovely lads. Chris. Thanks, Chris. I mean, that is vile. Um, I can... Uh, well, why is it so horrible? I, 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 I want to know what it did to its structure. Like, does it... Do you get, like, a char over the top? Do you... <laughs> does it get bigger? Does it get smaller? Yeah, I, it I, surely it's like a... Yeah, there must be some... Apparently, they're like... I, I have read somewhere they're like mostly water. So that's going to be part of it. Oh, man. Oh, that's absolutely horrible. Um, but thank you, Chris. I really, really like that story. Yeah, that was good and disgusting. Um, yes. It, it. Yeah, it's the grilling. It's too foody, isn't it? It's too intimate. It's such a specific mm. way to cook a poo. Yeah, it's like if someone said, oh, I, ac- I accidentally fricasseed my poo. Oh, what? <laughs> I made a poop souffle. I don't know how I did it, but I did. <laughs> um, Sarah gets in touch. Sarah, um, uh, the bearer of poo news. Yes, well, hello, pod, pod bum buds, she says. Mm, that's something quite uh, different, I think. Yes. She says, uh, our previous MP thought astrology could save the NHS. Oh, I've attached no. a screenshot from his Wikipedia. Yeah. Green Party, was uh, it? Well, let's find out. She says, it says a lot about my village that, I, that uh, it liked to vote for him and it had Brexit fireworks. This is the only podcast wow. I can't listen to whilst running as I laugh too much, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. So let's have a look at this screenshot. Uh, it appears to be someone called David Tredinick. Okay. Uh, or Tredenick. Tredenick is a supporter of astrology and its use in medical practice. Ugh. In 2009, I mean, it says a lot about Brexit that a village of Brexiteers also believe in <laughs> astrology. <laughs> they also believe in witchcraft. <laughs> God. Um, so he says, uh, in November 2009, he spoke at a meeting organized by the Astrological Association of Great Britain. Ugh. Oh, my word. The Astrological Association of Great Britain. Can you imagine the chat at those meetings? Can you believe that astrology has like paperwork, and they probably have, like, have to, they've had to apply for 
licenses and building permission and and for astrology it's extraordinary and also like they've got to like can you imagine how carefully they have to schedule their conferences (laughs) (laughs) great now there's meetings in retrograde I'll be happy (laughs) well that question took too long and now the moon is bad it's a bad moon now um, so he spoke at a meeting organized by the Astrological Association of Great Britain where he related his personal experience of astrology and illness, advocating that astrology be integrated into the NHS. In 2014, he told the MPs, I am absolutely convinced that those who look at a map of the sky for the day that they were born and receive some professional guidance will find out a lot about themselves and it will make their lives easier. Oh my God. I think you'll find out something about yourself, but <laughs> it won't be anything good. <laughs> What, what do we know, was he an independent? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, the BBC is quite dismissive of astrology and has always seeks to promote the science perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal Democrat Michael Mullaney, who stood against him in the 2015 general election, was concerned about his utterly ridiculous obsession with astrology, asking, "Will Mister Tredenick ever stop?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, Pierre, you know what uh, news outlet is pro-astrology? Ooh. Sky News. Oh! Thank you. Thank you. Just because the... we're in lockdown doesn't mean we can't have fun. <laughs> and the Daily Star. <laughs> of course, um... I'm going to forget. <laughs> of course, Daily Star's better. Um, uh, 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 yes, uh, David Trednick, conservative. Really? Yeah, huh. he's an advocate of alternative medicine. Right, nice. so the, the the one thing he is ostensibly progressive about, and he chooses astrology. Oh, he went to uh, Eton, then Oxford, and then the Grenadier Guards. Classic, absolutely classic. Sometimes you can be so educated, it, you push all the information out. Yes, or like you're far too educated in like one thing, like this guy, where he's like, well, I'm very good at marching and poems. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of an army officer who likes astrology. I wouldn't want to be under that man's command. No. No. We should we should ambush we should ambush the enemy at dawn. Ooh, dawn's uh, got a bad Saturn. What about midday? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll come through the open plain because uh, that's right underneath uh, um, Capricorn, uh, <laughs> and we'll approach them from the front because the moon yes. is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, it, and it's dangerous because, like that correspondent said last week, like once it's in your head, you do start to sort of um, think in those terms. Yeah, of course, of course. Whether you like it or not, I mean that's how propaganda works. Uh, I think, and it's uh, only going to get worse now that people have had more time to sit at home and just think on their own and go on the internet and make shit up and conspire. And yeah, and 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 also like, it's the trouble is that it, it it's kind of very difficult to start the pulling on the thread of no one in parliament should believe something ridiculous because then what if they're just like you know, a Scientologist or it's a, 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 some re- a religious thing or whatever, or, or you know, it's it's too risky. It's, you, the, the, you just have to go, all right, I guess there's a, I guess there's a wizard in Parliament. Well, what are you saying? That there should be a, a rule, a law against um, MPs with, with crazy beliefs? Well, not so much a law, but it, it just feels like we should be able to... to all just kind of stop and and go. Wait a minute, Th- that MP believes in a, 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 astrology. Okay, no, 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 we're having another election. That's cancelled, and everyone would go. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's like finding you, out that they that there was fraud. How much do you believe in a representative democracy, though? If if if, uh, if there yeah. are enough people in the general public who believe in astrology, surely there should be um, a, a a similar proportion of MPs who do. God, I mean, can you imagine taking that argument as far as you can and just being like, look, a certain number of members of parliament have to be pedophiles. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 At least, I guess, statistically three or four. Representation matters. Yeah. 
look, we haven't heard from them. How how great would it be if, if a certain number of MPs had to be in jail? <laughs> That'd be sick. Oh, I think that that um, I have seen the statistics of like um, statistically, members of parliament are, are are more likely to have a criminal conviction than the average member of the public. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. In, enough of them have committed fraud. Of course. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so we've got a, quite a good, uh, nice little thing here from uh, from James. James, um, God, nothing wrong with James. No more shames. Yeah, no more shames for James. Yeah. Hi, plot pups. Uh, um. Sorry, my doorbell just went, but I think it's fine. All right. Uh, hi, plot pups. I couldn't think of a context in which I could relate the following anecdote verbally without arousing genuine concern over my well-being. Been there before. And yet. I believe it could just be the thing to promote well-being for so many. Uh, Due to a diet rich in probiotics, my microbiome is currently at peak functioning, which has had the effect of allowing very smooth stool uh, movements. My microbiome? Yeah, all the germs in your guts. Oh, okay. Nice one. Your your flora. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's made pooing great again. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Um, At the tail end of a recent toilet transaction, as I flushed, I looked directly into the bowl and inexplicably mouthed the words, you've been expelled. (laughs) (laughs) Like a naughty student. Yeah. yeah. Like a naughty brown student in your body. You've been expelled. (laughs) That's quite an action movie, isn't it? Um... Yeah, yeah, it's very um, Schwarzenegger. Yes, 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 yes. Um, he says, I really can't say why I did this, but what I can say is, um, uh, uh, with water still audibly trickling into the cistern while I wash my hands, looking into the mirror, I thought, yeah, good work. Uh, with a heightened sense of joyful achievement previously unattained in this sphere of activity. It could be that as a teacher, he is a teacher, so it is a pun. Ah, Great. That must be why it was so satisfying for you, James. It could be that as a teacher, I was simply projecting my desires to expel difficult students, and I mentally attached it to my movement, thus creating an unexpected, beautiful synergy. Ah, you got it out of a system Ah. in more ways than one. Yeah. I urge others to end their movements with a similar flush flourish. Gardeners might say, you've been sown, and judges might mouth, guilty as charged, etc. Guilty as charged is good. An easy win, low-hanging fruit. Yours sincerely, James. That's funny. I wonder what our equivalent would be. You, you've been a wonderful crowd. <laughs> treating your shit like a heckler, looking into the bowl. I remember my first beer. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, just just trying to do put downs to your own dumps. That's funny. That's really funny. Is there? Is there a job that, that can't do it? Oh, maybe like if you're like a, a surgeon, you just look into the toilet and go, I'm afraid it's bad news. Flush! Right, <laughs> yeah. Or a pilot. <laughs> or a pilot going, get off my plane. Oh, no, that's, that's Harrison Ford says that, isn't he? What would, what would a pilot say to it? Uh, thank you for flying with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> That's quite action heroy. Thanks for flying with us. God. That's really good. <laughs> oh my word. That's very funny, James. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I'm going to be thinking really about good. that for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's pretty much the podcast, guys. Episode 60. Um, remember to, to share it around and, and hopefully BudPod can cheer up some of the other, uh, all the lonely people that uh, are currently locked down. Yeah, man. Stay strong, stay healthy. Love you lots. Stay inside, stay indoors. See you next week.
See you next week, guys. Enjoy um, playing video games all day. That's what I'm going to do. Same. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 